You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. The title of my sermon this morning is Shema Prayer. Has anybody ever heard that term before, Shema Prayer? It's, it's a prayer that the Jewish culture prays on a daily basis. It's something that, that the Lord spoke and they really took note of and they really listened. And it, came, it comes out of Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 4 to 9, if you open up your Bibles with me. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them as doorposts of your house and on your gates. So when Moses gave the people these instructions, the Jews created this Shema prayer, a prayer that is used daily in Judaism. Why is this so important? Why do we need to, why, why is the Lord like, hey, you know what, my people, you need to know this. It starts off right at the very beginning in chapter 4 when it says, listen, O Israel. If you take a look into the Hebrew there, that word listen translates into Shama. And Shema is the root word of Shema. And the prayer is defined to listen with interest, to obey, to be obedient. Basically, God is telling them with this one little word, folks, what I'm about to speak is very important. And you need to know this. You know, how many people have experienced in your life those weeks or months or maybe even years where it just seems like it's a battle? It's just like, you know what, I just... My mind just goes to the wrong places, or I just keep, like Paul wrote, I, I'm the chief of sinners. I just seem to do what I don't want to do, and I just keep going to that, to that place. We walk in there, and the Lord is like, this is really important. You know what? He tells them, put it on yourself. Like, walk around with it. Don't forget that you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength to get it in that place and say, God, I need to be a complete vessel to be a strong believer. In fact, it's so important that when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, he repeats this because there's a key. We see this in Luke 10.27. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Here, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and emphasizing the important statement that he would have known so well he would have prayed this Shama prayer every single day. For us as believers, we need to get down deep into the understanding of God. For God is so much more than a one-dimensional God. In fact, Ephesians 4 says, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. To be complete in our lives, we need to have four strong pillars. These four pillars that Jesus lays out in his word are the most important commandment. I've got a little illustration to show us this morning, and I need a really brave volunteer. Ernie, thank you very much. Come on up, Ernie. And, um, 
You know, Ernie, I, I, uh, I told you, Brave, I, I, I brought, if you take a look on the, on the front seat there, I brought a crash helmet for you because I want to protect your melon. All right, so, so put that on. All right, so I have a table here, all right? And this table has four legs. All the legs are hopefully strong. I actually uh, got it at orbiting trends out in the garbage pile. But uh, hopefully everything is good. And uh, that's right, safety, safety first. Strap you in. This looks really strong, okay? So, I want you to very carefully get up on that table. All right. How are you feeling right now? Tall. Tall? Are you scared? Actually, I'm good. Why, why are you scared? Because I have no idea what's going to happen. All right. But, like, if nobody was here right now, and you're in this room alone, would you be a little frightened right now? Why? <laughs> because right now, he's got a table, and it's got a firm foundation. And see, this, this is like our Christian walk. You see, when things are going well, and we're really pressing into the presence of God, we are loving God and worshiping God with our soul, our spirit, our strength, and our mind. We're walking in that place and was just like, you know what, God, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But you see, the enemy walks around like a, a lion seeking whom he can devour. And the truth of the matter is, is you know, I would imagine that majority of us in this room maybe have not four pillars that are rooted deep, but maybe we have, maybe we have three or maybe we have two and the other ones, there's just, it's a bit of a battle right now, and there's a bit of a weakness. And I've, I've asked my neighbor Sam to come on up and help me. And um, Sam is, is a great guy and a friend of mine. And, and Sam, I need you to do me a favor. I know you're a, a, a mechanical kind of guy. I want you to take one of these legs off for me. All right, so why don't you just come on down. Or safety first, safety first. Come on down. And uh, let's, say, let's say this leg right here. We'll take this one off. Yeah, I'll, I'll hold the table. All right. So, Ernie, up on the table here. All right. Are you a little nervous? Okay. Now, why are you nervous right now? There's only three legs. You know, I noticed, I, did you, do you notice something's happening right now? Where is Ernie standing? He's standing at the back. And that's, that's wisdom. Because there is a leg missing. That what happens if he stands up here? The table's going to fall. It's going to collapse. You know, Ernie is in big trouble right now. And you see, if we love the Lord our God, and yet we are incomplete as believers... 
and we have little areas where we allow foxes to get in there and foxes to do damage, we are walking our lives like this. See, it's not as strong as that, but you know what? I think he's still fairly safe, but start to walk forward there, Ernie. Come on. Are you serious? Yeah, walk forward. Why not? It's going to go, right? Why is it going to go? Because there's no leg. So you know what, Sam? You know, I wouldn't do this if anyone else was volunteering, but let's take off another leg. Let's take, let's take this one off. We'll do a kitty corner leg here. Yeah. All right, Ernie, hop up. All right, if you want to, however you want to stand. All right, so it's kind of like that wobble board of the gym, right? How's your core, Ernie? But you know what? Ernie was having a hard time standing. It was doable. But yet, it was not, it's not probable. And now I think Ernie's just taken off another leg. That wasn't even <laughs> My friends, how's your heart? Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart? Do you love God with all your soul? Do you love God with all your strength? Are you loving God 100% in your mind? Because if the answer to no in one of those areas, then we're walking around like that table and it's shaky and we're just waiting for someone to come and kick or push it over, and then the topple happens, and we fall on the ground. We're like, Lord, why am I down here again? This is so important that Jesus is like, this is the greatest commandment. This is so important that God says back in Deuteronomy, memorize this. Know this. Know who you are. Know how important it is to have that firm foundation. So how do we love our Lord, the Lord with all of our heart? To me, it's no surprise that the heart is the first of the four, for the heart really is that important. I love Matthew 6, 21. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. This is a key in itself. Jesus gives us the answer in this one of those small scriptures that we need to know, for the heart loves what it treasures. What do you treasure? What are you thinking about? What wakes you up in the morning? What makes you so excited? So often we hear things in the movies and books and friends that say things like, you know what, man? If it feels right, just do it. Man, if it feels good, just go for it. But I wonder if that is sound biblical judgment. <coughs> for I believe our heart can deceive us. 
I believe our heart can lead us astray if our heart is not completely surrendered to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because all of a sudden we allow compromise into our heart and things that we maybe at one time would have said no just becomes a little bit easier and easier. I'm going to find out the age of some people in this room right now. How many people remember Debbie Boone? Jim and I, right on. A few others. Debbie Boone wrote a song, You Light Up My Life. And it went like this. The chorus says, it can't be wrong when it feels so right because you light up my life. You know what? That was written back in the 60s, I believe, maybe 70s. And there's a very big problem with that chorus that I believe is even more predominant today. I know I've struggled with it. And I'm sure most of this room have had a time in our lives where maybe we just don't feel happy. We don't feel satisfied. But the truth this morning is a spouse, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a dog, a quad, a house, a new job will never fill that void. But a surrendering of our heart saying, Lord, help me to love you with all my heart. Help me, God, today to focus on what is so important. My friends, as I was praying over this message this week, I really believe that the Holy Spirit was saying, today, I want people to return to their first love. Today, I want to woo people and let them know that I still care, that I'm still there, that I am God. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is tree of life. Is your heart sick this morning? Do you feel despair? Perhaps you need to recommit your heart to the Lord this morning, saying, God, I ask you once again to fill me. I ask that you help me to turn back to you where my heart is healthy and my desires and my emotions are healthy. My affections, they're like a rudder in a ship that will guide me to the presence of God where health and life flow abundantly. Have you been there? Is your heart heavy? Or is it like, God, my heart is overflowing with love for you, God, because you are my God. See, I love that song that, that Ernie just kind of kicked off the offering with there. And in the chorus there, it says, you know what? Basically, the Lance Steve's version, without knowing what the, the words are, is it doesn't matter what you've turned to. It doesn't matter what's filling you right now. Just turn around and go back to God. And I believe that the Lord this morning has got his arms open saying, sons, daughters, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you were before you walked in those doors. But right now I'm calling you. And I'm saying, give me your heart. Surrender it to me. Because I want to build something in your life that is special. I love so much, you know, it's kind of interesting, Facebook. And it's kind of neat sometimes just getting to be able to take a glimpse into people's lives. And, you know, little Haylin was here the other day. And she's been going off to different schools, just growing in God. And she's in Red Deer right now at a Rick Joyner conference. And she just wrote on Facebook, like, 
just loving God or, or, or something like that. I'm just like, you know what? That is so cool, the passion of a teenage girl who has her priorities right, not chasing after boys, not chasing after dreams and money, but just in that place where it's like, God, I want you. God, I wonder when we get older sometimes if we forget that. And all of a sudden we start chasing after things that are not right. And Lord, you're saying, you know what? I got an adventure for you. The plans that I spoke to you at a young age, they're not done. But I'm calling you. I want your heart. But even the heart is still one leg on our table. We also have to love the Lord with our soul. See, this one can be a tough one because I think there are many people who really don't understand the difference between body, soul, and spirit. The soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. It has everything to do with our devotion. The soul literally is the part of the body that defines who we are. The soul is where it makes our decisions and choices that ultimately decide our lifestyle and our behavior. Think of our soul as the core you. So to love the Lord with all our soul means to love him in the way that we live, through the choices that we make, and in the behavior and the lifestyle that we adopt. The world is getting twisted upside down. And compromise is coming into the church like, like a mighty rushing wind. When all of a sudden it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. You know, really that's not that bad. And what happens is we need to, as believers and as people of God, we need to say, Lord, I don't want this temple to be led by my emotions. Man, I don't know about you, but my emotions can trick me. You know, I really, I've usually been a pretty even keel guy where I don't, I'm not a screamer and shout and jump around type of, type of excited guy, but I'm not a really low guy either. But something changed when I was turned 40. And I don't know what it was. But I was watching The Lion King. And all of a sudden, these tears started streaming down my face. And I'm like, what is going on? I used to go to the movies and watch my wife and just laugh because she would be crying. But now I sit there and I'm watching the movie. And all of a sudden, when the sad part goes on, she's not doing it. And I'm just kind of like, I, I go like this so she can't see me. Something's changed. And those emotions, if I allow that to lead the temple of the Holy Spirit, it's going to deceive me. But I have to say, God, today I commit my spirit, God, and I give it to you. May my spirit lead the temple. May my spirit be the one who makes the decisions today because my spirit is ever communing with the Father. There's a scripture that really hammers this home. And it's found in Romans chapter 6. It says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave of sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. That one for me is one of those ouches. Because so many times I think we want to blame something on, you know what, it's the devil. The devil made me do it, or oh man, I, I don't know, I just... I'm just not feeling like living godly today. But yet the word says, don't you realize that become a slave of whatever you choose to follow? You can be a slave to sin, 
which will lead to death, or you can choose again to obey God, which leads to righteous living. But we have a choice to make. Are there addictions in this room? Absolutely. Are there things in this room that don't line up to the standard of God? Absolutely. But it starts out with a choice that says, God, I choose you. And Lord, I need you to help me in that. People share with me all the time, you know what, I'm going through it, man, right now, but I know God's not going to give me more than I can handle. That is not truth. The truth of the matter is the Word says that God will not tempt to give us more temptation than we can handle. And that is true. When all of a sudden temptation comes, we can rest in that and saying, you know what, Lord, I'm feeling really tempted right now, but God, your Word says that you will not tempt me more than I can handle. Not, I messed that up because God doesn't tempt us. But the, the Word says that he will not give us more temptation than we can handle. And we can walk in that place and just say, God, I'm really experiencing this temptation right now, and God, I ask for a breakthrough. I need your help. But you know what? Sometimes we live in a world that's fallen. And we live in a world where disappointments rise up. And we live in a world where where we're going to get crushed from times and people are going to hurt us and friends and family are going to let us down and disappoint us. But we need to walk in that place and say, God, help this soul, the hurt, the brokenness, not to lead this temple. But God, I want to be fully sold out, radical, filled with the Spirit of God, living for today. The choice is ours to be a slave through sin or choose to obey God, which leads to rightful living, which we have to willfully submit our souls to the leading of the Spirit. Lord, may this temple be the Spirit-led. May I choose, Lord, to submit myself to your Lordship and love you firmly, strongly, deeply in my spirit. But pastor, I've chosen that and I've messed up so many times. That's where grace comes in. His grace is sufficient. We're talking in the the board about leading a series in September called uh, The King and the Priest and walking and saying, you know what, some of us, we grew up with Christianity as the king where it's like, you better or else. And then there's the other side, which is the priest, which is just like, don't worry about it. God loves you. Do whatever you want. Both of those are wrong. There has to be a balance where we have king and priest that come together in our lives. Walking, sold out to the Lord, body, soul, mind, and spirit. Love the Lord with all your strength. To love the Lord with all your strength means to love him exceedingly, richly, lavishly, with reckless abandonment out of simple devotion. What that is simply saying is you're going to love God all out. We're going to give God our all. And if we stumble and we pick ourselves up, we continue to press forward, loving him with all of our might. We need to love God with all our resources, love God with our time, to fully love him, to find out what our hands are are doing, our eyes are seeing, our ears are hearing, and our feet are going, and our mouths are speaking. Our vision here at Cold Lake Community Church is simple. We are a healing and equipping center, a place where families connect. This, in essence, is loving God with all of of our corporate strength releasing our people to reach the lost, teach the broken, and connect together as a family. You know what? One of the biggest struggles I've had for years as the pastor of this church is the transient nature of Cold Lake. I remember 
years ago when we were over in the little church back behind the, uh, well, the, uh, the old brick, which is now moved, back behind the, uh, what is it now, a doctor center of the communications. And um, I remember that we had three amazing worship teams. And it was so cool to see the musicians just going for God. And then I remember when we moved in here and the church was exploding and we, we were hitting, um, like we started off maybe with 80 people and we were hitting around the 400 mark and we had these worship teams and we moved and through transition one summer, I remember we didn't have one person around to lead worship and I had to lead worship with a CD. I'm like, here we are in a church of 400 people leading worship with a CD. How is that possible? And it can be so frustrating because you raise up these prayer teams and you raise up these, these people who fast and pray and seek the Lord and you raise up people who teach and, and step in that place of leading Bible studies and then all of a sudden it's like, Pastor, we're, we're, we're moving and you send people off with a blessing. It's like, yay, praise the Lord. But there's like, God, what about us? And I've had to pray and say, God, you need to change my thinking, God, to not Cole Lake Community Church, but kingdom living. God, we are releasing people all over the world. And God, may they go better than when they came. May they leave equipped and filled to be able to fulfill the work of God. But you know what? I wonder if there's brothers and sisters in this room who, if we're really honest with ourselves, we could say, you know what? I'm not living, I'm not loving the Lord with all my strength. You see, I want to be a yes pastor. You know, there's, God gives us some crazy dreams. And I want, to, I want to hear these dreams and be able to encourage you in these dreams. And you know, if it fills in, if it, if it encompasses the vision of, of equipping people and, and seeing people connect, then we want to be a church that says, yes, let's do it. But the problem is, is we'll never know if you never tell us. We need to be able to stand in that place and say, God, what do you have for me today? Because you know what? Our church is all about people. It's not about Pastor Ernie, Pastor Hayward, the board, the elders, myself. It's about a team of people coming together who are imperfect. That's why that's not in our core values, to, to thrive in excellence. I really hate that term. Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I find with myself I learn the most through failure. Where all of a sudden it's like you try something and it fails miserably and you're like, wow, God, what happened? And the Lord starts to show you, and like, next time, Dad, I'll nail it. And we want to be able to give people a platform to be able to succeed. And as you guys are so generous and so kind with us as leadership team, we want to be the same with you. How do I do it? You know what? It starts off, see that card right in front of you? Take that card and say, Pastor, put me in, Coach. I want, I'm ready to play. I want to do something for God. I want to, to serve the Lord with my strength. 
I want to be able to step into my giftings. I want to plug into the worship team. I want to help out with youth ministry. I want to lead something that's not even going right now. I want to step in. The, I have such a passion for single moms. Man, what a great ministry. How can we serve them? How can we love them? <clears throat> to see you succeed is our finest accomplishment. We, want, we don't demand perfection, but we ask for a mental shift from each one of our people, from leaders, from, we wanna, we, we're looking for a mental shift from every single person, that it's not, you know what, I'm doing my volunteer duties, to, you know what, I'm serving God. There's no volunteers in the kingdom of God. And God, I hope you're not doing it for me. I hope you're not doing it because your wife or your husband said, you know what, you better do something. It's got to be, Lord, what do you have for me and my family? Because, God, I want my table to be strong and my leg and strength is weak. And the last one is to love the Lord with all of our mind. The renewed mind may play a vital role in loving Jesus. If we're ever going to understand the kingdom, our minds need to be constantly renewed. Paul says in Romans, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It is loving God through seasons and through reasons. Have you ever found yourself wanting to sin? You know, it's kind of like, oh man, I just... I just really feel like doing this right now, but there's that battle. So then instead of walking away, we start to, uh, we start to rationalize it. Well, you know what, really, it's not that bad. Uh, you know, really, who's it hurting anyways? And all of a sudden, that battlefield starts to go on our mind. Instead of saying, no, no, God, your word says to keep captive of every thought and make it subjective to Christ. And Lord, I ask you to take captive right now because I'm not going down that road. I'm not going that way. We need to walk out in practice, business dealings, honoring God, when maybe you're even right, but you feel like the road of integrity is more important than the shortcut to success. Quite often when I speak, I like to get another voice. And I've asked Ben to come up this morning. As a businessman in our community and you see, there's times when there's got to be in business that thing that, you know what, if I, maybe if I just do this, I'll get ahead quicker. Maybe if I just cut this little corner, then I will be able to profit from it. Really, really, who's going to ever find out? Accountant Ben. <laughs> Thank you, Lance. So... <clears throat> Um, funny enough, there's not a whole lot of verses in the Bible that deal directly with business practice, practices, because um, I checked. And Proverbs 11.1 1 says, an accurate weight is the delight of the Lord, and he abhors, I forget what the term is, but weights that aren't accurate. Um, and what they're saying there, back in the day, some merchants would have two sets of weights. So if they were, you were buying something from them, they had heavy weights. See, this is this is one pound when it wasn't even a pound. And then, oh, I guess I wasn't holding the mic close enough. Um, they also have the lighter set, so they would offset. So they'd, they'd get you on both sides coming in. And 
It also says in Leviticus 24 that if you buy or sell from your neighbor, don't rip each other off. That's the Ben paraphrased version. And so when Melanie's brother Scott and I started our practice, we did talk a lot about how we wanted to run it. And the firm that he had done his training at was very much a firm where they looked at what they could get away with as opposed to what was the right answer. And that bothered him a lot. And so he's like, that's not what I want out of this. And those weren't the words they used or anything like that. They, they call it things like doing best for the client and things like that. But really, it was, it was what you can get away with versus what is the right answer. And so that's the, the idea we started out with when we started our practice. And honestly, at heart, it was very, at first, it was very hard because you don't have that many clients. And you're not making any money. And so you want to keep every client you have. But when they're asking you to do things that are outside what you should be doing and you say, no, they might leave, and, and at the time, it was very, very hard. And so now when I'm asked, I tell people, look, I'm a conservative accountant, and I really don't like to stray into the gray areas. And I explained the why to them. I said, look, <coughs> if and when the government comes calling, if we don't have anything in there that's not supposed to be in there, then who cares? They can come look at the books. They can do whatever they want. There's nothing to find. And... And that way you don't have to worry, right? Because if you practice deception on a regular basis, you're always looking over your shoulder. You're always wondering if someone's going to find out and when they're going to find out and what you're going to do if they find out. And most people are okay with that. But I have had clients that are like, like, no, that's not how it works. I need to write this off, I'll write that off, whatever, and they leave. And we've come to actually take that as a compliment when that happens. Because that is, you know, my staff all knows how I do things and they know what I expect of them. And so we actually will take a little moment when someone says, and I had a client a couple years ago, he's like, man, Ben, my friends tell me I need to get a different account, and you're way too honest. I was like, man, thank you very much. And after the end of that meeting, I went back to the staff, and I said, hey, I just got told we're way too honest, so we're doing good, keep it up. And so, we have, like, and so that's, that's how we reinforce the, the idea behind that. But I do want to say I'm not standing up here with a cape and an S on my chest. We don't always get it right. But that's where grace comes in. You learn from your mistakes, you start over again, and you try to do better the next time. But that founding principle of looking for what's right versus what we can get away with is, is how I've made my business both successful with integrity. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, that's right. My well, friends, I just want to uh, to come the, to, uh, to land this bird now, I guess, and come to a close. I'm just going to ask our board members and their spouses if you can come on up to the front, and because I think that we really need to spend some time with the Lord this morning. It really doesn't matter how long you've been a believer for. It really doesn't matter if you've just accepted Christ this morning or if you have walked with him for 60 plus years how's your heart how's your mind how's your soul how's your strength are you walking in that place where your foundation is firm or are you having to bank like Ernie did to, to stay in that back corner having to bank on you know what if I just stand here and I don't move then I'm going to be able to balance this thing. Then all of a sudden, when another leg falls off, it becomes that, that weakened structure that even another leg fell off just because it just couldn't take the pressure. My friends, my heart as a pastor 
is to see every single one of us in this room succeed. To see every single one of us not fall to the wayside when it comes to compromise in Christianity. But to be able to stand in that place and just say, God, I know it's right. And Lord, I need to rededicate my heart and say, God, I need what you have for me today. So I'm just going to get, you know what, maybe just Ernie, just stay there, man. And let's just throw on some music this morning. And maybe we could all just stand to our feet, and I'm just going to close in prayer, and you're free to go whenever you'd like. But if you'd like to really spend some time in the Lord, then our team is up here to pray with you this morning. And again, if you just want to be alone this morning and, and not, I don't want to share anything with anybody, then we just ask you to come on up to the front to, to the stairs there and maybe just kneel at the front or just, just kind of go away from the team. Nobody's going to walk over and, and, and approach you. Just kind of just stand in that place and say, you know what, I just, I just need me and God time right now. I totally get that. But the Lord bless you and keep you. Have a fantastic week in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you so much for every single person in this room. And God, I just ask, Holy Spirit, would you just, would you just wash over our hearts right now? Even David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. David, the man who was, it was sought after God, the man who was after God's own heart. And God, there's times where we need to count the costs. And we need to say, Lord, am I living like I'm supposed to be living? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? For God, we want you and nothing else. No compromise, Lord. We want you wholeheartedly sold out to Christ. In your name we ask it. Amen. God bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.